Now, what's a backdoor Roth? Well, there's rules that say if you make over a certain amount, it's around $200,000, you can't do a Roth IRA. But what you can do is contribute to a non-deductible traditional IRA and then immediately convert it to a Roth IRA. Welcome to What Your CPA Wants You to Know, a podcast for business owners and those planning to make the jump into entrepreneurship. If you're thinking, I've got a great business idea, but what's next? This podcast is for you. I'm Carson Sands. And I'm Taryn Sands. And together, we started our CPA firm. We've grown exponentially over the past six years. I'm a CPA with over 10 years of experience helping people start and grow their businesses. And I'm an MBA with a specialization in marketing and entrepreneurship. Follow along as we share the ins and outs of running a business while keeping your family and sanity intact. And how to save tax dollars without breaking any IRS rules or triggering a painful audit. We're here to share everything your CPA wants you to know in a fun and easy to understand way. Let's get started. Let's do it. We are going to try out a new episode today. I am the one that you are interacting with on our social media page if you follow what your CPA wants you to know. What's social media? Yeah, Carson doesn't do any social media. So if you know you're talking to us on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that, it's definitely always me. But we are most active on our Instagram page. And there we get lots and lots of questions coming in about running a business or tax tips, so many questions. And we try our best to answer those and get as much free information out there to people looking to start a business as possible. So today I wanted to do an episode where we just take the most common questions that we're getting this week and I'm just going to ask them to Carson very quickly and he's going to answer them just as he would if one of our clients came in and asked these questions and if this goes well, then we will do it again. So are you ready? Born ready. (laughs) So the first question is, what are estimated payments And how should someone calculate them? Estimated payments are for business owners primarily or anybody else that has income that's not covered by withholding, like you're withholding on your W-2 wages. Mostly, people that are self-employed pay estimated tax payments. So they're due quarterly, April 15th, June 15th, September 15th, and January 15th. Yes, I realize that's not quarterly but that's when they're due. And they're due four times a year, so we just say quarterly. So generally, business owners are the ones making these estimated payments, which are basically just like paying in your taxes, but a different way for people who are self-employed. So they're not getting withholding taken out of each paycheck like you would if you have a W-2 job. So this is just the IRS's way to make it simple for them to pay in all year long. But what happens if they don't? If they don't want to make the estimated payments, if they don't, is there any consequences for not making estimated payments if you're a business owner? Yes, but they're not very severe. The estimated tax penalty is calculated at one quarter of 1% for every month that you don't make estimated tax payments. So what does that mean? 
It means that if you owed $1,000 for the first quarter and you don't pay anything at all, then your penalty will be $2.50. Okay, so the penalties are not very severe, which is why we see a lot of times business owners choose not to make those payments. They would rather just pay it all at once when taxes are due. If you are wanting to make those estimated payments, how do you suggest that someone should calculate what they should be paying in if they're new to all of this? So let's say you make about $100,000 a year and you're in the 22% tax bracket. It would be a pretty good idea to set aside about 25 to 33% of your income that you make from your business for estimated tax payments. That might end up being overkill, but that's a good start. And if your spouse works, you might consider being closer to the 33% number. So I do like to point out that it's not necessarily black and white here. When you're trying to estimate taxes as a business owner, you're just looking at past data. So how did the quarters go? What did you make last year? And you're making an estimate of what you would owe. It's probably never going to be completely dialed in, but the longer that you are a business owner and the longer you've been in business, the more accurate that should be. And another way to look at this is the penalty is so small that it's less than 3% if you run the numbers out per year. And interest rates now are higher than 3% in a lot of savings accounts. So the most important reason to pay an estimated tax payments is if you don't trust yourself to not accidentally spend the money. But as long as you can be diligent and put it in a savings account, you might end up making more on the interest than you even lose out on the penalties. So it's not really an essential thing that you have to do. But if you're a spender, it's a really good idea. Totally true. We have lots of people who like to do that. So it's as simple as either mailing in a check or you can make that payment online by the due date and you're just paying in all year long for the taxes you're going to owe at the end of the year on your business income. So moving on to question two, this question comes in a lot, and I know it can be a little confusing. So what is a backdoor Roth, and can you explain who would want to use this? Yes, but in order to explain a backdoor Roth, let me briefly describe what a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA are, and then we can explain what a backdoor Roth is. So before there were Roth IRAs, there were just traditional IRAs where you contribute, let's say, $6,000 to your IRA, and you get to deduct $6,000 on your tax return. That saves you on taxes, and then that money grows tax-free until you retire and pull the funds out, at which time they are taxed. Now, the Roth came along and changed that. Instead of getting a deduction, you can do a Roth IRA where you get no deduction now, but it grows tax-free. And when you pull it out at retirement, there's no taxes on the money that you take out. So that's a little bit better, especially if you're younger and you have a lot of years of growth, then your deduction is essentially all of that growth. Now, what's a backdoor Roth? Well, there's rules that say if you make over a certain amount, it's around $200,000, you can't do a Roth IRA. But what you can do is contribute to a non-deductible traditional IRA and then immediately convert it to a Roth IRA. So normally, a Roth conversion is something that's taxable if it was a deductible IRA. But as long as you contribute to a non-deductible IRA and then roll it into a Roth account, it's the same thing as if you made a Roth IRA contribution. There's no difference other than you have to take that extra step 
it's kind of just a way around the rule where higher income earners are not allowed to contribute to a Roth IRA. So this is completely legal and you suggest that people use this, correct? Yes. Lots of people use this. Almost everyone that knows about it uses it. The only people that can't use a backdoor Roth IRA is if you already have a significant amount of money in a traditional IRA somewhere, then the way you do conversions, it just creates a lot of complications. And so just know that you're going to need to talk to your CPA if that's the case. But if you don't have money sitting in a traditional IRA, then this is a great option for you. And for someone to do this, you just need to contact your investment advisor and let them know that you would like to do a backdoor Roth. And if they don't know what that is, then... Change advisors. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And how does it actually work? I know a lot of people probably know that term and are familiar with the term, but a lot of people actually don't know how the standard deduction actually works. So... Whenever you calculate your income on your tax return, you add up all your wages and income from your businesses or rentals or any other income like that, and then you get to deduct from that either the standard deduction or itemized deductions. The standard deduction is you don't have to keep track of your mortgage interest paid or your real estate taxes or your medical expenses. It's just a flat number. It changes every year. Uh, right now, it's in the range of twenty six dollars to $28,000. It depends on your age a little bit as well. It's just a flat number that you get to deduct no matter what, even if you didn't actually have any piece of itemized deductions. That's a lot simpler. But of course, our advice is always add up your itemized deductions anyway. And if they're higher, we'll take those. And if the standard deduction is higher, then we'll deduct that really, really broken down. It is a way that the IRS gives you or gives everyone a deduction. So you start with your taxable income and then it knocks almost $30,000 off of it if you're married filing joint. And then you pay taxes on the income after the deduction. Exactly. And it has the effect that if you make under that standard deduction amount, you pay $0 in income taxes. I think why people get confused is because they don't exactly know where it goes on the tax return and they get it confused with their mortgage interest and maybe some health bills that they had. But if all of those little things that you have aren't adding up to the standard deduction, then you're taking the standard deduction. And right now we're seeing most people are taking the standard deduction unless they have like a significant amount of charitable contributions pretty out of the ordinary now that we're seeing since the standard deduction is so high. Yeah, they doubled it. uh, I believe it was around 2018 when they doubled the standard deduction. And the so the numbers went from about 30% of people used to itemize and benefit from itemizing. And now only about 10% of people do. Because there's another change that happened at the same time where your real estate taxes can only be deducted up to 10000 or your state income tax up to $10,000. So really, between that 10000 and your mortgage interest and your charitable contributions, all of those together have to be more than $26,000 or you will just take the standard deduction. Okay, this next one has come in a lot. And this is generally from new business owners. What is a good percentage to set aside for taxes if you're new and you're just getting started? And 
when you suggest a certain percentage, is this on their profit or is this on revenue? Can you explain what you would do as a first-time business owner setting aside money to pay your taxes next year? Whatever money you set aside, whatever percentage we choose, we should always use that percentage against your net profit, never against your gross revenue, because that number can vary greatly for a lot of people. So if I told you 30% of your gross revenue, for some people, that would be more than you even made in profit. So that wouldn't make sense. Maybe you should explain to everyone the difference between your revenue and your profit for anyone that's not familiar using those terms. So your revenue would be your total sales, all the money that you made before any expenses or cost of goods sold are taken into account. Your net profit would be the amount of money that's left after you take your income and subtract all of the business expenses that you have. The number that's left is the profit, and that's the amount that you have to pay tax on. So if you had 100000 in sales and it cost $50,000 to actually make those sales, then your profit is $50,000. And I think a lot of people mix those up a little bit in the beginning. So hopefully that clears that up. If you had, let's say, $50,000 in profit your very first year, what would you suggest that they be putting aside to pay taxes? About a quarter to a third or 25 to 33%. It's going to depend a lot on whether you're married and your spouse works and if you have any other income coming in, but your self-employment tax will be 15.3% and then your income tax will be anywhere from you know 12 to 24%, meaning that you could end up paying anywhere between 24 to 39% on in taxes. Yeah, we get that question a lot. And it is actually a hard question to answer because there's so many numbers that go into that final taxes due for your household. So if you're married, what your spouse makes, what deductions you have, if you're itemizing, what type of entity your business is, there's so many. But step one, if you're just getting started, you need to make sure that you're setting aside some for taxes because that's the number one mistake we see is that new business owners set aside nothing. And then they're very surprised when they're paying the self-employment taxes and income taxes all at once at the end of the year. Right. And a lot of people follow up this answer with, why does it matter what my spouse makes if they're withholding? Shouldn't their withholding cover that income that they're making? And it does sometimes, but it also increases your tax bracket. And so if they're working and making a lot of money, then it means that all the money you make from your new business will be taxed at a higher rate. That's just how it goes. Right. That's why it's so difficult to answer that question without knowing the whole thing. But the very number one important thing to do is make sure that you are setting it aside and learning what tax bracket you're in so that you know how much should be withheld and how much you should be saving. So the last question for today is, what is the best way to start investing in my retirement if I'm a new business owner and have not started yet? Great question. So the first place we always start are Roth IRAs. If those are an option for you, start there because that's the simplest and easiest place to start. Now, there are other options. If you're self-employed, you can do a SEP IRA, a simple IRA, or a solo 401k. I really like the solo 401k because it gives you a lot of room for growth. Whereas the others, you might be capping out on your contribution limits every year pretty quickly. So there are still a lot of really good options if you're self-employed. 
what you need to do is just get started. So all of those that he listed, you can definitely just go to your investment advisor and open up one of those accounts and get started because we see a lot of people jump into entrepreneurship and this is one of the things that they usually wait to do and just time is on your side on retirement savings. So getting started and just opening that account is step number one. And the other part of the question was how much to set aside? Well, about 15 to 20% of your income. And we mean profit if you're a self-employed business owner. But yeah, 15 to 20% of that number, if you want to be able to retire and keep your lifestyle about where it is now, then that's the number you need to be looking at for your retirement savings. All right. Well, that is all we have today for rapid questions with Carson. If you guys like this episode, please share it and we'll definitely do one of these again if you guys like it. If you learned anything today, please leave us a review. It really helps people find us and helps us grow the podcast so we can help as many people as possible. And until next time, thank you so much for listening to What What Your Your CPA CPA Wants You to Know podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is intended to provide accounting and tax information for educational purposes only. All tax situations are unique and should be handled with the assistance of a tax professional. 